everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's June 8th. It's 2021. And we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Not too bad. Just another beautiful day. Wasn't much work on a Monday, which is always nice because of only three games. But I've got a full 15-game slate. Gotta love it, man. Um, two games slate on Monday did not go well for me. I made it very clear what I was going to do on the slate yesterday and um, didn't work out. So you move on. That's what you do, Grant. You can't get them all right, but if you're trying to win a tournament and finish really well, you take now you take minus nine point five from your pitcher and um, you move <laughs> on to the you move on to Tuesday slate. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Good old Coar, man. Good old rookie pitcher making his debut. Forgets how to pitch. I hate well, it goes man. one of two ways. It goes <laughs> one of two ways. I always every when time. they're cheap and no one's playing them, I play them. And if anyone plays them, I stack against. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if he was popular today or not. Like I I I got home and I was starting to look at stuff and he had already given up um a lot of runs. So um it looks like he was 40% owned. That's crazy. Yeah, two games late. It makes sense. All right. Let's talk some baseball. We got 15, 15 games to talk about here on today's slate. We get started with the Dodgers and the Pirates. This game is currently at a seven and a half total. Dodgers are a 180 favorite. Walker Bueller, JT Brubaker. Uh, Walker Bueller, 9,800 going into Pittsburgh, assuming that the weather is going to be okay in this game, um, sets up really good for him here. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad matchup going up against Pittsburgh. They're obviously not a great hitting team. Hayes coming back in there definitely makes him a little bit better. He's 9.8K, which is a little bit cheaper than we normally see him, but this is a slate with a few aces on it, and so I don't know if I'm going to end up going with Walker Bueller here. Just don't see a huge amount of upside. Just same thing with him as always. He'll probably get you... 20 to 25 points. I think I'd rather go with the other guys, even a matchup versus Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't know if he's fully worth it just because we have five aces on the slate. Yeah. I mean, the, the matchup is fantastic. Pittsburgh stinks. Um, this offense is really, really bad. So obviously the matchup is really juicy here for Brubaker. You know, this lineup up and down really struggles. Brubaker 28.8% K rate Bueller. since the start of Bueller. What, a, what was that saying, Brubaker? Um, yeah, you did. You said Bueller first, and then you went to Brubaker because he's on. Because I was side. looking at the screen. All right, we've all been um, there before. <laughs> we, we it happens to the best of us. But yeah, man, I mean, Bueller twenty eight point eight percent K rate since the start of last season. Good xFIP, good numbers, and this lineup has you know six guys with strikeout rates over twenty three percent against right-handed pitching. So he should pitch really well here. You know, obviously, Dave Roberts is always the biggest question mark, but he's pitched at least six innings in every start this season. So, um, I mean, floor and upside, he's one of the better pitchers on the slate. On the other side of this game, you got Brubaker, and, I mean, he's not a bad pitcher. He's just facing a really tough lineup. Yeah, no, he like, I definitely have a little bit more interest in him at 70.2K if he weren't going up against the Dodgers, but... Since he's going up against the Dodgers with obviously most of their guys in the lineup now, I have I have real no interest in him. I mean, it's it's the Dodgers. He's a slightly above average K rate guy, slightly above average pitcher in pretty much every single 
category, but not overwhelming in any single one. Matchup versus Dodger just makes it not worth it on a 15-game slate. All right, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for the Dodgers? Um, Muncie is questionable. We'll have to see if he plays. Um, but, yeah, you know, should be good outside of him. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. Dodgers are always in play, but I'm probably not going to play him at all. Brubaker is a solid overall pitcher. Again, not great. But this is just not a fantastic matchup for the Dodgers here going up against him. Everyone's kind of priced a little bit cheap, but probably where they should be when you incorporate in the matchup. I mean, Brubaker is a pretty big ground ball guy to both sides of the plate, so no single guy really stands out at all outside of maybe Turner, maybe Will Smith, just because he's at the catcher position. But overall, the stack's always in play, but they're going to be expensive. They're good pitches on the slate, so I'm probably going to stay away unless they're going to go completely unowned. And then on the Pittsburgh side of things, I mean, there's just nothing that I like here. I mean, you if you really wanted to take a shot on Colin Moran at 3.1K, I don't think I'd talk you off of it. But, I mean, this is a spot I'm, I'm probably going to fade Pittsburgh here. No interest in him. All right. Atlanta at Philly. We have Drew Smiley going up against Aaron Nola. This game has an 8.5 total. Philadelphia is a 150 favorite here. Um, any interest here in Smiley? No, even at 6.4K, like Phillies have a 4.8 implied team total. Smiley's still over a 5X up on the season. He's always hit or miss, and he can always put up a pretty decent outing at any given time. I mean, I think he has multiple outings in the, like, naked or, sorry, multiple outings under five points, multiple in the 15 to 22 range. Could go either way, but on a 15-game slate with a whole bunch of options and slightly more, he just isn't going to make the cut at all. Because even if he puts up a 22-point game, which is unlikely, I still don't even think it's going to be the best if you include the guys in the mid-sevens, low-sevens range. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just – I don't think I play Smiley here. <laughs> like, simple as that, Grant. Moving on. Yeah. Aaron Nola on the other side of this game. I mean, 9,400 for a guy that's only scored over 30 fantasy points twice this season, facing a pretty solid offense. I know, like, he's a big favorite, but it's not like we're not getting that, like, super dominant, like, Aaron Nola this year. Um, his strikeout numbers are down, like, 4 or 5% from last season. Are you concerned, or do you think he's in play here? Uh, on a different slate, he'd be in play, but there, we've got multiple other aces. He's sitting at 26% K rate on the season. It's down, I think, 6%, 7% from last year. He's just, you're not getting a ton of upside. He may be able to cruise through this lineup, but his Ks have been down in the last few starts, too, which is slightly concerning. The Braves are one of the better offenses in the league. So I'm, I'm not going to use him at 9.4K when I have so many other options I could potentially use. Yeah, I'm just uh, like I'm not gonna run to stack against Aaron Nola in this spot. Um, but overall, I probably don't end up playing him, and I probably don't end up taking a lot of hitters against him. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to, Freeman and Albies are going up against him. He's had struggled quite a bit going up against the lefties this season with a above average fly ball rate, forty percent hard contact rate, and he's not striking them out at the same clip he was last year. So if you want to use them as one offs, it's not the worst idea in the world, but the chances of them getting two bombs, which is what you kind of want to have your one-off as a potential thing when you're paying 5K and 4.1K, 
I just don't think anyone in, on the Braves make the cut. Uh, any interest here in the Phillies? Huge interest in Reese's PCs here. Hoskins is 4.7K. He's had fantastic numbers going up against lefties so far this season. Smiley is giving up a boatload of contact to righties this season, boatload of hard contact to lefties this season. He's striking out lefties at a higher clip, but the ISO for him is at 373. He just doesn't fully have it. He has an out pitch going up against him that you're pretty much just guessing on because he's predominantly a curveball, fastball guy. If you guess right, you can take it out of the park. So I have interest in pretty much everyone all the way up and down the lineup. I mean, Odubel even going lefty-lefty, he's 3.6K, likely going to be leading off. Real Muto gives you that catcher position, but Segura, Harper, people aren't going to play the lefty-lefty. It's just he's been so hit or miss, and he's been so bad in so many starts. I mean, I think he's given up three-plus home runs in multiple starts this season and is averaging around two. He's just a guy that can give up a ton of power, and chances are if they get to him early and give up, he gives up a few bombs early, then the bad bullpen arms are going to come in. So I really, really like this stack today. I think they're going to be moderately popular, but we'll see how the slate ends up turning out. If they aren't popular, I'm definitely going to be very heavy on them. If they are popular, I'm still going to have a few pieces of them. Yeah, I like that three-man. You got Hoskins, Singura, McCutcheon. You could obviously go four-man with Harper, five-man with either Bohm or Ramuto. But, I mean, Philly is definitely interesting. I don't think they're going to be popular, but we'll see. Uh, we got the Mets and the Orioles here. Peterson against Zimmerman. This game has a nine and a half total, and the Mets are a slight favor here at 122. Um, any interest here in Peterson? Absolutely none. I mean, yeah, he's not a bad pitcher. Where he struggles is righties, and I think they're going to be able to throw, what, almost a whole right-handed heavy lineup? They'll maybe probably Mullins. still have Mullins in there. Yeah, uh, so. Maybe DJ Stewart, but more than likely they're going to go with wins would be my guess. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think Peterson's in a great spot. And then Bruce Zimmerman on the other side of this game. I mean, the Mets are slowly starting to get healthy um, with Alonzo back. And, like, Zimmerman's really bad against righties. And, again, they're going to – throw a lot of righties at him in this spot yeah likely gonna have seven righties in the lineup i don't know we'll see i mean obviously they're not gonna have uh the pitcher batting here so they'll have a dh so i'd assume that they end up tuning out everyone they might end up with two lefties in this lineup depending off the make smith the dh but even so like zimmerman's been all right versus lefties he hasn't been fantastic a lot of his underlying numbers are actually due for some regression he's got a 25% K rate and 60% ground ball rate to lefties and still giving up some pretty bad numbers. But overall, he's just not a good pitcher. I do not want to play him. All right, let's talk Mets bats. Um, I think the Mets are super interesting here. Pete Alonso is 5,800, but I mean, the rest of the stack's not too bad. You know, you get Lindor at 4.6, uh, Pilar at 4.4, this is a this is a stack that definitely kind of stands out. I don't know if I'd full man five man stack it, but I think this is a stack you could definitely use as a secondary stack. Yeah, I mean I don't hate it. Uh, Lonzo is in play no matter what. 
Um, but the rest of the lineup, I'm just kind of eh, on. I mean, McCann's sitting at 5.1K. I don't know if I fully want to use that much on him, even at the catcher position. But it, it's just a spot where I have to wait and see how many people are planning on playing them. I just don't know if they're really worth it, their price tags because a lot of them are pretty expensive. We'll see where it ends up at. But Alonzo's the guy that just absolutely stands out because Zimmerman gives up a lot of hard contact, doesn't strike left righties out at all. Everyone else I could take or leave just depending on where ownership's at. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Nitto should be in the lineup, and he's a cheap catcher play, so I'd much rather play him over McCann, but I get it. Um, Baltimore side of things, I mean, they're another team that I think you could target some of these right-handed bats against um, Peterson. They're my absolute favorite team on the entire slate as of right now. I mean, this is just a perfect spot. Peterson is a guy with a little bit of name recognition because he did decent against a few teams earlier on, and he's getting some ground, a decent amount of ground balls versus righties, but he's giving up a ton of hard contact. Ball, bats being placed on the ball a lot against them, and we got a team that has been hitting right or lefties fantastically this season. They're currently third in WRC+. Plus. They're at almost a 400, four or a 350 WOBA versus lefties so far this season. I know it's still not the biggest sample size, but they're cheap here in the spot. Santander, Galvis, Montcastle, all under 4K. Mancini's obviously a solid bat, and Mullins doesn't have the platoon split. Peterson's been pretty decent versus lefties, but Mullins isn't really a guy that strikes out a ton versus lefties, which is Peterson's biggest strength. Still gives up a decent amount of line drives to lefties. So I really, really like this stack. I want to see what lineup they end up rolling out, but it's going to be easy to stack up in this spot. So I, I plan on going way overweight on the Orioles today. All right. Fair enough. Um, moving on, we got Milwaukee at Cincinnati. Hauser going up against Sonny Gray. This game has an eight and a half total. Um, Cincinnati is a 134 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Hauser? Not really. He's in a price range with a lot of other good pitchers. He has had one good start this season, and he's been just kind of all right. The rest of me seeing at 8 3, the Cincinnati team's full of a bunch of good bats a ground ball pitcher that just gets entirely average strikeouts and he's not striking out lefties at a huge clip and it looks like they're going to have about four or five in the lineup. Winker's been on an absolute tear. Nyquin's on a tear. So no real interest in Hauser. I mean, this team just, this team just pummeled this guy a couple of weeks ago. I think they hit three home runs off of him in, a, in the first couple innings. So, um, I mean, yeah, I don't really have any interest. Hauser's 8.3 K. Like 6.3K, I think we could have a conversation, but I just think he is way too expensive um, on a 15-game slate. And then the other side, we got Sonny Gray going up against a very minor league-ish you know, Milwaukee lineup at 8.4. Um, I think Sonny Gray is one of the best point-per-dollar pitchers on the slate. Yeah, I'm right there with you. How much I'll end up using him? Kind of, like there's three three or four guys in the seven to eight and a half K range that I think are all in play. So it's kind of going to end up depending on how much ownership Greg gets. I'm guessing he's going to line up in the optimizers as one of the top point per dollar plays on the entire slate going up against Milwaukee or I said, it, it's not really a great lineup outside of Yelich. Sonny Gray has been a lot better versus lefties than he has versus righties so far this season, getting more ground balls, not giving up a ton of fly balls, striking him out over a 30% clip. 
So he lines up as one of the better plays on the entire slate. I just want to wait and see where ownership is because Sonny Gray can have a bad outing at any time. But if we're just talking ownership not included, he stands out as the best play on the slate at pitcher. Yeah, obviously we'll have to wait and see what his ownership looks like. But, I mean, it's a 15-game slate. I don't weigh ownership as much. Um, What are your thoughts here on the Milwaukee bats? Nothing. I don't want anything. Gray is just a solid overall pitcher. Again, gives up a little bit more fly balls to righties, but still striking out both sides of the plate at almost 30% clip. A lot of these bats aren't great, and Yelich is the one you need in the lineup. I mean, it makes sense as just a leverage stack that's going to be super cheap, but even so, I don't I don't think it's going to be worth it unless Greg eclipses like 40% ownership where I don't fully see happening on a 15-game on a slate. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing him get over 20%, but we'll see. Um, and then as far as the Cincinnati bats go, I mean, Castellanos is 4.5K, Winker's 4.6K. Those are like your staple main two pieces here. Um, you know, Hauser is much worse against lefties, so we'll have to see if Tyler Nyquin is back or not. They said that, like, he could potentially return with the hamstring injury. Um I mean, yeah, we'll just have to have to, have to see. But I, I definitely like Winker and Castellanos in this spot. Yeah, and I don't even mind throwing India in there if he gets a if he's leading off 3.5k is too cheap. The stack's perfectly in play. I mean, Hauser is a pretty decent ground ball pitcher. Um, and the Reds haven't hit a ton of fly balls this season, but it's still being played over in Great America Small Park. They're still just a ridiculously good hitting team and I mean, even if you do a three-man stack, Winker and Castellanos, just throw India in there, one more cheap guy. If Nyquin's in there, I definitely like the stack quite a bit more. But I'll throw anyone else in there, but Winker and Castellanos stand out as two of the, two of the better plays on the entire slate just because they're absolutely crushing the ball right now. And they're, like, under 5K. Like the price yeah, they're is, too cheap. They're cheap, and it's juicy. Colorado at Miami. We have Sensatella against Lopez pitching in this one. Seven and a half total, and Miami's a 178 favorite here. Um, let's start with Sensatella. Any in- any ish- interest in him at 5,900 getting the best ballpark jump in baseball? I mean, if you really need it, it's not the worst idea in the world. I know he strikes out absolutely no one, but the projected lineup for the Marlins is going to be around a 28% K rate. Um, So I don't really hate it that much. I'm not overly excited to do it, but if you really need the money, there are worse decisions you can make. They've only got a four implied team total going up against him. So if you really need the money, go ahead. I mean, Miami's the seventh highest strikeout team in the league going up against righties, and they have the second lowest WRC plus, I think. So it's not an overall bad spot for Sensatella, and obviously his strikeout numbers will go up slightly pitching outside of Coors than he has for most of the year. Uh, but he's still going to be a projected 15 16% strikeout rate guy. It's just a good ballpark and a good matchup. I just don't know if I'm going to need to save that much money when there's so many good 7 and 8K pitchers on the slate. Yeah, I mean – he just doesn't strike anybody out grant. Like that's the biggest concern with him. 
could he go out and have like a super clean start and throw seven innings and score 15 points? Sure. Like he just did that in cores against Texas. Um, so, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't know if we'll need it, but I don't hate the idea of it. I love Pablo Lopez on the other side of this game. Um, fantastic spot. Colorado is coming out of cores, going to Miami. One of the best hitters in this lineup is banged up. Um, I know he's back, but I, I still think like Ryan McMahon's hamstring, or I think it's groin or hamstring, like it's it's hurting him. Um, like there's no doubt about it. I mean, I feel like they gave Lopez another day because they wanted to start the series right um, against Colorado instead of losing to Boston. Like, what are your thoughts here on Pablo? Yeah, absolutely. He's a fantastic play on this slate. There's only a three run, three implied run total against him. Um, Colorado's not a good hitting team. It's pretty much Blackman McMahon, who's not not 100% right now, and then a decent amount of trash outside of that. So Lopez, expecting, should be able to cruise through this team pretty easily. Like you said, first game outside of Coors, one of the best ballparks in the league. This is just a perfect spot for him. It might be a little bit expensive at 8.7K, but that's probably a low asking price when you consider everything. He hasn't put up a huge outing really this season outside of against the Mets, but this is a spot where he could end up with 30 points even at 90-95 pitches. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a spot I think that it's just it's just an all-around great spot. And then on the on the Rockies hitter side of things, like I don't like anything here. I mean, nothing. nothing. Like I'm not paying 5k for a banged up McMahon, 4800 for Blackman, like I'm out. Agreed. And then the Marlins, like I don't even love the Marlins. I think you could play Marte and Chisholm, Aguilar, Duvall, if you wanted to, like, I mean, Sensatella is not a guy that's going to blow the ball by anybody. So, like, I want the guys that have power, and I think it would be those guys that I'd be targeting the most. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much right, but I don't really want to pay over 4K for any of those guys playing in Miami, even going up against a guy that's just going to throw strikes. He's still a decent ground ball pitcher, and that's not really what I want to play in a – in a very good pitcher's ballpark. We got Houston at Boston. Valdez against Perez. This game has a 10 total, and Houston's a 124 favorite. Um, any interest here in Valdez? I actually do, and I don't expect a ton of people to be on him here. There's a 4.8 run total going up against him. He got over 100 pitches in his last start. The guy's a solid, solid overall pitcher. Granted, it's a little bit of a tough matchup, but this Boston team, given lineup, is probably a bit above average strikeout team. Valdez is probably close to 28, 29% K rate guy with pretty good ground balls. I know it's not a great ballpark, and they can do some damage against him. But I don't really care if I'm going to be able to get Valdez at 4% ownership because the implied team total against him kind of makes me think that's going to be the case, considering people will just go with Gray or Lopez almost entirely. He makes a super interesting uh, tournament guy, and it could end up going bad, but his numbers are better than the other guys in this price range. I mean, he just dominated my Red Sox. Like what four or five days ago um six days ago like like you said he pitched 102 pitches he struck out 10 guys this lineup is just not great right now um it's just it's so 
as a Red Sox fan, it's so depressing. Um, this lineup right now, and like JD Martinez might not even be in the lineup either. He's dealing with a wrist injury. He didn't play on Monday. Like if he's out of the lineup, that's the best bat in the lineup. Like I'm with you on Valdez. Um, I feel like this game has a really high total for no reason too. Um, like it seems really high at ten. So. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be really humid in, Bo- humid in Boston. Like, it's not going to be terribly hot. It'll be 80 degrees, but it's going to have 90% humidity. It's still being played in Boston. Yeah, I don't fully understand the Red Sox part of the line. The Houston part of the line kind of makes sense. Perez hasn't been great, and it's a lefty going up against Houston. But, yeah, like, I, the, the implied total just seems high on the Red Sox, and I hope that steers people away from Valdez. I mean, I think Houston's the best stack on the slate, so I get like the t- potential ten runs. I just I feel like it's a little high for the Red Sox side of things. That's all. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I I have zero interest in Perez. Like I just said, I love the Houston stack here. Yeah, kind of right there with you. I don't know if they're my favorite stack on the slate because I expect a decent amount of people to be on them, but maybe because of their price tags for most of these guys, they won't be. But yeah, Perez. Lefty, who's very good against lefties, going up against a team with a lot of very good righties. I mean, Bregman, Correa, Altuve, Guriel, all solid plays. And even Jordan Alvarez is sitting there at 4.1K. Guy just mashes. So there's really, really good stack on this slate. I'm going to wait and see where ownership ends up at, but just based on the numbers, they're pretty darn solid. Yeah, I mean... This is a great spot for them. Perez stinks. And Houston doesn't strike out against lefties. Like you said, this game's in Boston. The weather looks good. I mean, I'm loading up on Houston in this spot. Do you have any interest in the Red Sox? Not really. This line's just not doing great right now. Like I said, I'm very high on Valdez. He's a very good pitcher. So I'm just I, – I don't really want to play a good – play a lineup versus a good strikeout pitcher that's an extreme ground ball pitcher, even in solid hitting environment. I mean, Christian Arroyo should bat lead off at 2K playing second base. Um, like, even in a even in a spot I don't love, um, 2K for a leadoff hitter, you, you, we have to bring him up. Yeah. I mean, it could be an orchid. Would Santana bat for it? No, probably not. No. I, I, they batted Arroyo um, leadoff on Monday, too. Yeah. He's 2K. He plays second base. I mean, I could play him, or I could play Wilkerson for two point two k. I mean, you could you could play a two k second baseman and not have any complaints here. Two point any any two k price, it doesn't matter. Oh, so I know how I know how you play, and I like it. Washington at Tampa. We got John Lester against Tyler Glasnow in this one. I didn't see a line for this game yet. Oh, there it is. Uh, seven and a half, Tampa, massive favorite, 210. Um, probably not high enough. Um, talk to me about Lester. Any interest in him? No, even even up against a very high strikeout team in the Rays. Like, I, I like the price tag, 6.9K. But, no, I'm, I'm not going to play Lester. Nice. I see what you did there. Yeah, you um, I mean, unless they roll out like four or five lefties in this lineup, I'm not playing Lester. He's low strikeout guy. 
still very, very good against left-handed hitters, but he just he's not good against righties anymore. He's he's getting old and um doesn't have the juice anymore. I mean, and then Tyler Glass now on the other side, he's probably the best pitcher on the slate, right? I mean, it, it's it's between him and it's between Bieber. Like it's 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 those two guys that are kind of kind of the ones you want to figure out. I mean, they got similar strikeout rates. They got similar implied team totals going against them. But I don't know. I, I think I have a slight lean towards Bieber. Um, but I, I'd be willing to willing to play Glass now. It's kind of I'm just kind of waiting to see where ownership's going to lie. Like I said, they have they're similar in pretty much every single way: matchup, leash and um k rate so i don't know flip a coin between the two and that's probably who you should take unless there's going to be a drastic disparity in ownership yeah i mean i just i think glass now is phenomenal he's pitching at home this lineup the bottom of the order especially is really really bad i think glass now dominates in this game and i mean yeah bieber we got to watch the weather in that game too. Like there's some potential weather in that game. So we'll have to watch the weather in that. But I mean, this is a great spot for glass. Now um, I have zero interest in the Washington bats. You like anything here for Washington? Nope. And then as far as Tampa goes, I mean, any of these righties is fine. It's just, I'm not paying 5.5 K for a Rosarina. Uh, it just, it's, it's sticker shock, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what lineup they end up rolling out. I don't mind Zunino sitting there at 3.9K. The guy just either hits a bomb or nothing. He's going up against a low strikeout guy, which is what you always worry about with Zunino. Um, outside of that, I mean, maybe Diaz at 3.2K if you were to rent, to stack this up and throw Rosaria in there. Um, but I don't generally want to play these lefties. I mean, Lester's given up no hard contact. Grant, it's a, it's a small sample size of 36 plate appearances, so he could end up kind of regressing um, more towards the mean, but he's been a guy that has been good versus lefties for a while. His pitch type is solid versus lefties, so I don't really want to – because I don't, I don't want to pay 5.8K for Meadows in a lefty-lefty matchup versus a guy with pretty extreme splits. Yeah, if I was going to play Tampa, I would do like a bottom of the order stack with Brasu, Walls, and Zanino. Go like six, seven, eight. And then like Walls is a shortstop, Zanino is a catcher. And um, Brasu, I think, is second base eligible. I think so. Yeah. So like you, you kind of knock out some weird positions of a stack. And like then you're, then you're looking at like a five man three outfield type of stack and that, that always seems really juicy grant especially when you can do it with the reds uh moving on we got seattle at detroit gonzalez against boyd in this one eight total pick him game um any interest here in gonzalez he's been so bad this season and he's especially just been bad versus righties it is it is Detroit, who I still think is the second highest, the first or the second highest strikeout team in the league versus lefties. But he's 7.6K. Like they still have a 4.4 implied run total. It's supposed to be hot in Detroit tomorrow. 
I'm not horribly against it just because of the matchup, but I pretty much always kind of play a guy versus Detroit. But the price tag, like if he was 6.5K, it might be a little bit more interesting. But at this price tag, I'm probably off of him. Yeah, as far as Marco Gonzalez goes for me, I just he only threw 50 pitches coming back from a forearm injury. Pitched really well. Um, pitched really well against Oakland the other night. I mean, if you think he's going to get 75 to 80 pitches here against Detroit, I don't hate it. I just worry that like he's just not going to pitch deep into the game. I think that's the biggest concern. But I think overall the matchup is fantastic. A lot of strikeouts here. A lot of power, too. So you're definitely concerned about like the power in this lineup. But, I mean, the strikeouts is, is where it's at. And then on the other side of this game, we got Boyd going up against Seattle. Um, I mean, Matt Boyd is 6,500. He's coming off of like great matchups and just hasn't pitched well. Do we do we try again? I sadly enough <laughs> am going to. I mean, Me I, too, I, buddy. <laughs> I kind of want to wait and see what happens with the lineup. Um, like Boyd, his underlying numbers haven't really been as bad over the last month. Over the last month, he's sitting at under a 5x, the 22% K rate. He's been pretty solid versus lefties with all his numbers. Um, they just had, like, over the last month, he has a 427 Woba and a 346 ISO versus lefties. And you look at the actual numbers there 24% K rate, 6.9% walk rate, 60% ground ball rate. 40% hard contact, but 20% fly balls. Those numbers really don't match up. So guys have been getting lucky. I'm expecting they're in pretty much most of their outfield to be lefties. Crawford's probably going to be leading off. So they could end up with five or six lefties. And his numbers on the season versus lefties really are not bad at all. So I'm expecting a lefty-heavy lineup. If they do, which, again, I'm expecting – and I am planning on going with Boyd and just hoping I'm not punching a hole through my screen at the end of the night. I mean, that's, that's how it seems like it is all the time when you're um, thinking of Boyd. Um, do you like any of the Seattle bats in this spot? Hanniger's fine, but really, like, I don't. You can play righties against them. You can potentially play Murphy at 3.1K, France at 3.2K. But I don't know, if Boyd ends up being chalky, there's a chance I may stack up the righties in this lineup with Seager at 3.5K, which is probably still too cheap going up against Bo- even going up against Boyd just because Seager's a solid overall hitter. But it all kind of depends on the ownership of Boyd. Like, that's it. Like, he can get blown up at any given time. He's given up four plus runs over each of the last four outings. He can get a little bit wild. And these Seattle hitters are talented. Um, it's just, they're still a little bit raw. So at any given time they can go off and they're so cheap outside of Hanneker. Like you can do a full five man stack for about three K a pop on all your bats. And none of them are really bad hitters. This is a weird spot where Boyd is super cheap. He's probably the cheapest, really viable pitcher. And outside of Hanniger, everyone's cheap in this lineup. 
So I'm probably going to be playing both sides of it. Again, not big fan of the lefties in the Seattle lineup, but Murphy, France, and Hanniger with two lefties in there at a super cheap price tag is intriguing. You can probably pay up for both Glass now and Bieber. This is one of the few five-man stacks where you can do that. So I'm not going to be surprised if I have several shares of Boyd and several full five-man stacks of Seattle just because we don't know what Boyd's going to come out, and I'm guessing he's going to be popular. I mean, don't forget about Jacob Nottingham, too. Um, big power, big strikeout rate. So boom, bust play, big fly ball rate. So um, Jacob Nottingham is another guy. I think he's catcher, first base eligible, and I know he's under 3K um, unless they dramatically raise his price. Do you have any interest here in the Detroit bats? I mean, I hate playing them. Haas has been fantastic. He's a recently. beast. Yeah, like he's been good. Scope has really turned over. I think at one point he was the lowest WRC plus in the entire league. Um, might have been like bottom three. And he's just been on a tear recently and he's been pretty solid. Good numbers against righties. Like I I don't ever want to stack Detroit. This might be the spot to do it. Again, they're also not terribly expensive. Gonzalez has been so bad versus righty so far this season. 45% fly ball rate, 52% hard contact rate. He's been striking them out. And this is a good strikeout spot. But if they put the ball in play, like Haas is probably going to hit one out of the park. So I'm not against him. Haas is the main guy that stands out just because he's catcher eligible, I think, still. And so, yeah, he'd he'd be the main guy. All right, moving on. We have San Francisco at Texas. Alex Wood, Jordan Lyles in this one. Eight and a half total. San Francisco, 132 favorites. Um, any interest here in Alex Wood? Yeah, uh, I don't expect many people to own him. He's another one of those guys in seven, eight K range that is super solid. Um, I'll wait and see where ownership's at, but Texas, obviously a team I like to – like to play lefties against, even though their numbers on the year are actually better versus lefties than righties. But Woods just been solid overall outside of the last start and the one in Colorado. He's been over 17 for every start, been at 22 five times in the last 10. Like he's a solid overall pitcher. He looks really good this season. He's saying a 3.7x FIP, 25% K rate, doesn't walk a ton of the guys, gets a lot of ground balls. And this isn't a great lineup, so I'll check and see if the dome's open. That'll kind of change it a little bit uh, against playing Wood, if it is. But if it's closed, then, yeah, I have a lot of interest in Alex Wood. Yeah, I mean, 8K against Texas, um, what's not to like? You know, the strikeouts alone um, make Alex Wood very, very playable here. He's a good pitcher. And, I mean, yeah, outside of some power in this lineup, they strike out a ton. Like, all the power guys strike out a ton. So, I like Alex Wood a lot. Jordan Lyles on the other side of this game. I mean, I think everyone knows my stand on San Francisco. I think it's a really good team, and I don't think Jordan Lyles is a good pitcher. Jordan Lyles is not a good pitcher, and San Francisco is a good team. Um, I'm not playing Lyles, but as for the San Francisco bats, they're fine. Uh Belt's supposed to be back, too. Yeah, Belt's supposed to be back. 
Uh, they're fine. I want to wait and see if the roof is open. Again, that's going to dictate a lot of my decisions. Um, but if the roof is open, I, it's all systems go with the Giants. It's supposed to be 90 degrees there, humid. It's a perfect spot for them. If the if the dome's closed, then they're still a good stack. Like, I'll play Belt. I'll play Dickerson, Posey, Wade, all those guys. Miles has just been bad, and he's going to continue to be bad. But, again, I'm mostly waiting on the dome information here. Oh, we're stacking San Francisco. Gotta love it. Is it Monday? Nope, it's Tuesday. Um, any interest in the Texas Pats here? No. Uh, I'm with you on that. I'm just, I have no interest. Moving on. We got Toronto at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Robbie Ray against Carlos Radon. Um, eight and a half total. White Sox, a 164 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Robbie Ray? I don't think so. Uh, the White Sox are just so good versus lefties. I still think they're the top team in the league in WRC plus going up against lefties this season. Ray has been solid, but he's struggled a bit going up against righties. Still pretty big fly ball pitcher to righties. Still giving up a decent amount of hard contact. He's been better this year. He's been fantastic, but definitely struggles with righties. And in, in this lineup, it looks like he's likely going to face nine of them, eight of them. Um, so because of that, like, I don't really want to pay 9.5K on a slate where I have Bieber, Glasnow, Nola, Rodon, all to pay up for if I want to otherwise. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray has definitely been pitching great this season. Um, I mean, if you're playing 150 teams, you probably want to get some exposure because he does have like 25 plus point upside. But I think overall, this is a spot that we stay away from him. Uh, Carlos Rodon on the other side of this game, Massive strikeout stuff. Um, he's another guy that, like, we're if we're chasing ceiling, we gotta we gotta have some exposure to him here. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you look at his last five starts, two of them under 15, three of them over 29. Like, he's very, very, very good so far this season. Problem is, Toronto's got a pretty solid overall lineup, they've been on fire. Most of their guys have been hitting very well, but. The strikeout stuff has been incredible, and he doesn't walk a ton of guys. This isn't a terribly patient lineup going up against lefties. I think I prefer Glasnow and Bieber, just if we're not incorporating ownership at all. But I don't expect Rodon to be very heavily owned. So if I'm going to get him at half or a third the ownership of either Bieber or Glasnow, I'll take that every time because there are a lot of situations where Rodon ends up beating them by 15 points. Like, it can absolutely happen. This is baseball, so strictly an ownership play if he is going to be half the ownership of those other guys. Yeah, I mean, I think he's – I don't think he's going to be popular at all, which makes him fantastic, in my opinion. Um, any interest in the Toronto Bats here? No. Like, Rodon's so good. I mean – Vlad is sitting at 5.9K. Simeon's at 5.5. Everyone else is above four that you would want to use. So going up against an incredible pitcher like Rodon, it's just not really worth it to me. Yeah, I don't have any interest in the Toronto Bats. I have some interest in the Chicago White Sox, though. I love playing the White Sox against lefties, but I mean... I don't know if I stacked them here. I think because of the pricing, I'd use I'd be just trying to chase some home runs against Robbie Ray. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, he's given up a 271 ISO to righty so far this season. 40% fly balls, 40% hard contact, and this is a great team versus righties. I don't mind it. The problem is their price tags makes it a little bit tough to stack them. I mean, almost everyone's at 5K or above. So, yeah, I don't think I'd stack them, but going with Mercedes, going with Abreu, like really any of these bats is not terrible. Um, but it's just they're so expensive where I'd rather go elsewhere on a 15-game slate. All right, moving on. We have uh, the Yankees and the Twins. Montgomery against Michael Pineda. Nine total. Pick em game. It's kind of shifting a little bit more to the Yankees, but it, it's kind of still pick em. Um, Any interest here in Montgomery? Not really. Our Twins are a solid overall lineup they're gonna have a decent amount of righties in there they will have some strikeouts but i'll wait and see the lineup but i'm guessing they're gonna roll out seven eight righties in that case like montgomery is only sitting at 21 percent k rate versus righties as opposed to 36 percent to lefties so this isn't the spot i really want to use him so i'm probably out on him plus he always has a short leash i am very very interested in montgomery depending on the lineup um because Cruz is banged up right now. And if Nelson Cruz is not in there, um, like he's dealing with a left, I think his left knee. We know Garver's out, Buxton's out. I mean, yeah, he, they're going to, he's going to see a lot of righties, but the bottom of this order is going to be horrible, um, especially if Cruz misses the game. So, I mean, he's not like at the top of my list, but I want to see what the lineup looks like. I want to see what the umpire looks like. Uh, but I'm definitely going to – I have my eye on Jordan Montgomery in this spot. And then Michael Pineda on the other side of this game, I mean, I, I probably don't end up playing Pineda. He's somewhat interesting, but I think there's better options. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like like I said, you got Wood, you got Gray, you got Lopez, you got Valdez, all right around the same price tag. He's not even remotely close to any of those guys. And so it's not like you're sacrificing. He's probably not going to put up a huge score. So when you can get other guys at the same price range on a 15-game slate against the Yankees, I, I just don't think I can use him. Yeah, I think yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Yankees, bats, anything standing out to you here? Not really. I mean, Pineda gives up more fly balls to lefties. Gives it more hard contact to righties. He's going to face a predominantly right-handed lineup. You can home run hunt with some of the power bats, like Stanton at 4K is interesting. Ursula at 3.6K is definitely interesting. Odor at 2.7K is interesting. I really like Clint Frazier at 2K if he's in the lineup there. That's just far too cheap. So, yeah, I guess you can stack them up. Like, it's not the worst spot in the world. Nah, I kind of talked myself more into it. Those prices are just too low, and you can do a 2, 4, 6, 7, 6, 8 stack for pretty darn cheap. Um, yeah, no, I talked myself into it. Yeah, I, I like the Yankees. I mean, Panetta gives up so many home runs. Like, he he gets strikeouts, but he just he gives up home runs. Um, you know, I just if you're if you're stacking the Yankees here, you're just hoping that like Pineda's off just a little bit and you're getting those home runs. Um, as far as the Minnesota bats go, I think it's the same conversation that we I was just saying. Like, I want to see what this lineup looks like. If Cruz is back and they can go 
Garlic, Donaldson, Cruz, Polanco type of lineup, then I I mean, I think they would be somewhat playable. Yeah, I mean, they're just expensive. Um, Sano would probably be the main bat just because he's 3.8K. Uh, potentially Donaldson or Cruz if he's in the lineup going up against a lefty. But Montgomery, even though he's much, much better versus lefties, he's still a solid overall pitcher to righties too. Not going to have a long leash. That good Yankees bullpen is going to come in, so... I, I don't think I really want to play the twins regardless. It's just all about how interesting Montgomery is, but I don't think I'm using him either. So this is one of those spots where because of price, I'm just kind of out on both sides. Cleveland at St. Louis. Again, this is a game that we're going to be watching some weather for has a seven and a half total. Cleveland's a one sixty seven favorite Bieber against Martinez. Um, any interest here in Bieber? Yeah, we already talked about it. It's going up against St. Louis is not the best strikeout matchup in the world, but Bieber is just fantastic. One of the best pitchers in the league. I don't think he's gone under 100 pitches the entire season long. One of the top K rates on the entire slate. He's Shane Bieber. Like, it doesn't matter the matchup, but there are a few strikeout. They're going to be about a league average strikeout lineup in the projected lineup. So, yeah, Bieber is one of the top plays on the entire slate. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a really good spot for him. <laughs> this team, yeah, they don't strike out a ton, but, I mean, Bieber is an elite strikeout pitcher, and this lineup's not great. So I, I definitely like Bieber in this spot. And then Carlos Martinez, just he's not striking anybody out. Um, sitting at a 13.3% K rate, 13% to both sides of the plate. This is a team that puts the ball in play. There's going to be a lot of contact um, for the Cleveland's offense in this spot. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, outside of his last matchup, he was due for a lot of negative regression. Uh, he was just getting lucky pretty much all season long, and then it really went bad against the Dodgers. He's just a bad overall pitcher that doesn't strike anyone out. I have no interest in him. Yeah, I mean, I, I have interest in the Cleveland Bats. I don't know if I'd fully stack them here because it's not cheap, but I, I think Cleveland – I said, there's going to be a lot of contact made in this spot. And like, you know, I I think outside of paying up for Ramirez and Hernandez, like the rest of the stack is like super cheap. Yeah. I mean, I like Ramirez in this spot. He's just, he's Jose Ramirez, but yeah, Rosario, even though he's been kind of trash so far this season, his underlying numbers are due for some positive regression. He's sitting at a 280 Woba and a 118 ISO. But he's still getting 42% hard contact. He's not getting many ground balls. Like, this is a solid overall spot for him. But outside of that, like Naylor, I don't hate for the price tag. Bradley or Zimmer, if they're in the lineup, don't hate the price tag. So it's not the worst idea in the world to kind of throw Ramirez in there with some of the cheaper bats below. But I don't know. It's an all right spot. I just think that on a 15-game slate, I don't know if I'm going to end up getting there. St. Louis, any interest in them? Nope. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, easy, easy pass. Um, Kansas City, Adelaide taking on the Angels. Nine total here. Angels, a 146 favorite. Chris Bubich against Andrew Heaney. Um, any interest here in Bubich? No. Like, he's due for some pretty bad negative regression. 
He's obviously really strong versus lefties, but against righties, not so much. It's likely going to be an almost entirely righty lineup outside of Walsh and Otani, but I, I'm so I'm just no. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on this. I have zero interest. Um, I tried to play a pitcher against the Angels on Monday. It didn't work out. Um, <laughs> Andrew Heaney on the other side of this game. I mean, the bottom of this order is not great, and Heaney is 7.1K. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be chalked today? It's it's the question I ask every, every Andrew Heaney slate. Um, maybe, but I don't, I don't think so. Maybe he's so cheap, man. 7,100 is cheap. I know he's cheap every single game. And I mean, he has great underlying numbers. The problem is he either crushes or gets beat up. He just got, did very well going up against the giants. So I'm guessing people are going to hop back on him on ownership. And then he's going to just start doing trash until no one wants to play him. And then I'll be on him again, but I don't know. It all depends on the ownership at less than 15% ownership. I'll definitely play a lot of them at over 15% ownership, over 20% ownership. If he's chalky, I'm probably going to play some Royals bats. I mean, he's a great strikeout guy that gives up a ton of fly balls and a ton of hard contact. It's not going to be terribly hot in LA, but that really doesn't matter. This is a Royals team that can hit the ball hard. So I, I, it all depends on ownership. Literally, that's all I can say. Almost every single Heaney sl- slate, but point per dollar, he grades out as a good play. It's just he could end up with negative ten or thirty in this spot. It's always fun. <laughs> it's always. I I love playing Heaney. I I've no, I do too. Right I side. love playing him. I, I love stacking against him too. Like oh, he's yeah. he's like the definition of build hedge stacks type play. Um. Any interest here in the Kansas City Bats? If he needs chalk, like yeah, outside of that, they really it, like right? yeah. yeah, Dozier, Perez. I know Solaire's been trash, and I'll just keep playing him, and I hate myself for it. But the the righties in this lineup, like Perez, is just a solid overall play and a solid overall catcher, even at five K. Dozier is probably still underpriced, and he has power. Wit is wit, but outside of that, like. I'll throw other guys in if I'm stacking against Heaney just because I know what can happen. Um, Angels bats here. I mean, Upton, Otani, Stassi, like Rendon. He's is he finally showed up? Like, is he finally showed up to this season because he's hot? Yeah, Rendon, I think, is the main play here. I mean, Ubik really has not been great versus righties. He's just been super elite versus lefties. Granted, very small sample size. Um, so, like Rendon at 4.4K just feels too cheap. And Upton at 3.9K hitting the ball well versus lefties this season are the two main guys I'd go with. Um, moving on here, we got two more. Arizona at Oakland. We have Bassett and Duplanter. Um, Duplantier. That guy. Um, I can't remember how. I think I just called him like that because I always worry if I'm not going to say the friend's pronunciation I mean, of things. I mean, it's an 8-8 eight, eight total in this game, and Oakland is a 220 favorite. Um, Duplanter, any interest in him? 
Uh, no, he's terrible. He's horrible. He's very bad. I mean, everything we've seen so far suggests that he's a pitch to contact person and struggles with hard contact and power bats. So, I mean, I'm out. Not a good you. mix. Um, Bassett on the other side, like uber disappointing start last time out for anybody that played him. Me, uh, this guy right here um, against Seattle. He's 8,800. We have so many good pitchers on this slate. Uh, if he's going to be 5% owned, I definitely could see it, but I mean, I'm out. Uh, no, I'll play him. I'll have, he's been he's been great. Like, yeah, he's had two bad starts. It was a bad start against Minnesota. It was a bad start against Seattle. And realistically, he pitched better than his numbers showed against Seattle. Like, I This 8K range between Wood and Bassett, I'm going to be watching to see where ownership's at. He's playing in Oakland. He's playing against an Arizona team that really is not a great hitting lineup. It does have a decent amount of lefties in there, and he struggled a little bit giving up fly balls and hard contact to lefties, but his K rate is a bit higher. This is a decent strikeout lineup. I will absolutely play him if he's going to be one of the lower-owned guys, but I don't really have a huge differentiator between Wood, between Gray, between Lopez, between Bassett, between – Valdez so I'm kind of just looking at at those five guys of who's going to be the lowest owned I mean Bassett probably grades out as maybe the worst second worst point per dollar play but it's not by much at all he's a solid overall pitcher that can put up a big outing at any given time can occasionally have a longer leash Um, but this is not a bad matchup it's a good ballpark this is a solid overall spot for him, and it's not going to be terribly hot in Oakland. So I definitely have some interest in him. All right, bats in this game. Anything for Arizona? No. Yeah, on the Oakland side, man, I think, you know, this is a team you could definitely look at. It seems like this guy's like a really pitch to contact, gives up a lot of power type guy. And, I mean, Kana, Olsen, Brown, Lowry, Murphy, Moreland, they all have power. Yeah, he's so, so bad. But this is being played in Oakland. It's going to be cold. Like, I don't hate it. He's bad to both sides of the plate, so I really don't care about the platoon split or not. He's just he's just terrible to both sides. He just is a lot more wild going up against the lefties. I don't mind it. Like, I haven't really stacked them a ton this year. Chapman's just been horrible. Olsen, I love it. It's a play regardless. Like, he's... Solid him and probably Lowry um, are two of my favorite, maybe Canna too, but I just I haven't been stacking Oakland this year, and it's generally played pretty well for me. We finished it out with the Cubs and the Padres, seven and a half total. Uh, Padres, a 167 favorite. Any interest here in Zach Davies? No, the guy can't strike out anyone. Nope, he cannot. 13% K rate since the start of last season, 11.5% walk rate. Um, Denelson Lamette on the other side, 7,300. I mean, I just don't know if he'll pitch enough pitches, right? He did yeah. throw 72 last time out, but I mean, that was the most he's thrown all season. Yeah. He's been steadily like they really babed him, babied him for like the first five starts and they let him get up to 64 and then 72 in his next one. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to 80. He's a solid overall pitcher with decent K stuff, but this is a big enough slate where you're probably not going to get more than like 22 out of him. That's the best case scenario. 
So I, I don't think I can really go with them. There's a chance that I think Jock Jams and Baez missed today. So they might not be in the lineup tomorrow. Although that could have just been rest. Um, but regardless, like I don't see him going late enough into the game. Um, Cubs bats, anything stand out to you for the Cubs? Not really. LeMay's a solid, LeMay is a solid overall pitcher. Yeah, I'd want to target like lefty power, Rizzo, Peterson, even like Ian Happ, like one offs. Um, and then on the Padres side of things, I mean, Tatis is obviously a fantastic play. Hosmer, Cronenworth, Machado, Fam, um, any of these guys towards the top of the order. Yeah, yeah, I'll play them all. Davies is a pitch to contact guy that. It's decent ground balls, but outside of the last time he pitched, he really hasn't struck out almost anyone. So sitting at a 14% K rate on the season or 13% K rate on the season, just not good overall. And this is a solid overall hitting team. Tatis is obviously the top option, but I'll play anyone top six in the order. All right, let's play the morning grind game and then um, we'll get out of here. 15 games, fun slate, a lot of pitching, a lot of hitting, uh, a lot of different ways to kind of build lineups today. It's fun slate. Uh, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? Andrew Haney. I mean, cheat code central. Um, Could come with seven or more earned runs. No, nah, for sure. Um, man, I don't really love anybody. I, I guess I'll go like Montgomery. If that Twins lineup is really bad, maybe he can get there. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust? Robbie Ray. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to go one or one or way or the other. Um, I'm going to go Michael Pineda. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who you got going yard today? I'm going Mancini. I like that one. I like that one. I'm going to go to a game that we just talked about, Matt Olson. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Who do you like? Montcastle. You and your team. How? Oh, hold on. I forget how much he is. I got to look him up really quick. Um, give me Wade Jr., 3,300. Lamont Wade Jr. Couldn't remember his price. Stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? Orioles. I'm going to take the Giants. Um, any bets standing out to you here night before? Uh, gosh, there was one. Do you have any right now? I'm trying to remember what it was. I, I had one that I really liked. Uh, Houston minus 124. Yeah, and you could still – you could get that at like minus 115 on some books still too. So – Shop it around, Grant. Shop it around. You know I always do. Man, I can't remember which one I really like. There was one that I really liked. There was like two bad pitchers, and the line seemed really low. I don't know. I do. And there's some books that have the Mets-Baltimore game at nine. I like the over on nine. I think there's some that have them at nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half. I mean, give me that push, right? Um. Anyway, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I need to get some sleep. I'm old. Yes, I'm tired too. I'm right there with you. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey, kids. <laughs>